millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes we just want to talk about them. I'm the host for this week, Josh Hallam, and it was Alice's turn to pick this week, so she picked a listener's suggestion, which was Reign of Fire from 2002. So, let's see what we think. So, Alice. Mm. Reign of Fire. Oh, yes. Which is not Reign Over Me. (laughs) Which is what I keep calling it. Yes. Uh, which is a film we did about 18 months ago. Uh, do listen ago. to it. Very different to this film, um, <laughs> if you want. Make it a double bill. The Rain Over Me, Rain of Fire, back to back. I love that. The, yes, Make do it like it. Barb, Barbenheimer, Rainenheimer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so this one, is it's a listener's suggestion, Alice. So... We get listeners who suggest films for us, we put them to one side, and every now and then one of them goes through and goes, oh, I like the sound of that one, I'm going to pick it, which is what you did. That's exactly what I did. Rain of Fire, not one that I've seen before, but has kind of been on my radar a little bit Mm. for a little while. So sometimes Ollie, my husband, will say things that make it sound like he has no idea what the podcast is about or how it works. Because a few times (laughs) he said to me, you should do Rain of Fire for the podcast, you know. You should do Rain of Fire. And I'm like, I haven't seen it, babe. I don't know if it's (laughs) underrated or underseen. I haven't seen it. He's like, no, but you should do it. You should do it. So here we are. Eva, lovely listener Eva, suggested Rain of Fire. And I was she like, did. this is it. This is the time. This She's is giving happening. you an in. So, yes, absolutely. So tell us, what did Eva have to say about the film? So Eva uh, dropped us a little email through our website to suggest Rain of Fire. And she basically has said here, she thinks it's a silly film, but somehow there's a sincerity to it that gives it gravitas. Christian Bale throws himself into it, though he's hoping for an Oscar. And his efforts are more than matched by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, so everyone is taking it so seriously that the concept of a plague of dragons seems believable and the peril seems real. I love anything post-apocalyptic, partly because I like the questions raised. How would we live day to day? Would we band together to try and improve things? Or would we keep our heads down and try not to die today. I saw Rain of Fire at the cinema and I remember (gasps) walking out when it was over and wanting to go on an adventure. I think it was the last film that made me feel that way. About me, anyway. I'm Eva, an English teacher. I used to go to the cinema all the time, but I can't help feeling that if Spielberg, Jackson, Nolan and the rest would just ask me for my opinion, I could explain everything they're doing wrong and their films would be better. I agree, Eva. (laughs) I agree. They should ask us. They should ask everybody. Um, So that's a little bit about Eva there and why she's picked it. To answer Eva's question, Question, get my head down, survive every day, fuck everybody else. Yeah. That's the answer. No eye contact, yeah. don't speak to anyone, friends don't exist here. 
Just, just power through. Indeed, power indeed. Through the um, so that is why Eva has picked it. Um, tell everyone. Oh, well, so obviously you've got, you've you've got the reason why you've picked it there. But tell everyone just a little bit about what it's about before we go into the likes. Yes. Yeah, so, Reign of Fire, as Eva said, is a post-apocalyptic science fantasy film starring Christian Bale, Gerard Butler, and Matthew McConaughey. In this world, dragons are real, and they've been asleep deep underground for millions of years. They are woken up when construction workers dig a bit too deep in London and startle them. They then proceed to kill pretty much everyone and everything in sight, turning the whole world to ash. That's the dragons, not the construction workers. We then fast forward 20 years and see how the people left have managed to survive, but there may be hope yet as an American stranger called Denton Van Zandt, played by McConaughey, thinks he's come up with a way to beat the dragons. Indeed, indeed. Um, before Before we get into what we like about it, do you know off the top of your head what year this is set in? 2020, I believe. It is indeed set in 2020, where of course nothing bad happened to humanity (laughs) and everything just ticked along and was fine. Yeah, the rain of fire full of shit, doesn't know nothing. Yeah. You're trying yeah. to predict the future, so, failed, um, failed. Is it a metaphor for a pandemic, a plague of dragons? Um, Maybe. No, it's, it's not, is it? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, You've got to anyway. dig deeper. You've got to dig deeper, Josh, and find when, the meaning. When, when it came on and it said it was in 2020, I was immediately like... <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? Oh, it was bad anyway. It was bad anyway. Yeah, like in and and but just seeing like when it when it's like in a far distant future, it's like two thousand and eight. Like whoa, like this is crazy. <laughs> at <laughs> I love no point, that. at no point in this alternative twenty twenty, does anyone do a fucking Zoom quiz? They do. There's no they quizzes. Didn't. There's no people talking about how there's no loo roll. There's no Inaccurate. bleach injecting. Although, although you would, I did find myself questioning, where is the loo roll in this world? Where are the toilets? Oh, actually, where toilets? are the toilets? There's a, there seems to be a bit of running water, but from like mm. these tanks or whatever, there's some electricity. This is what Eva was talking about, figuring out how, how these would people it work? are surviving. What are all yeah. the little clues as to how these people have made it this far? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Josh, had you seen Rain of Fire before? Uh, no, same as you. Um, ah, your husband great. is also always suggesting it to me, uh, and also doesn't understand the concept of the podcast. <laughs> no, I, no, I hadn't seen it before. I, I, I'd heard of it, and that was about it. When I first started getting into films, and I would read Empire and Total Films and stuff like this, I mm. think I remember seeing an article or a review of okay, something yeah. about this. But that is it. And the only other thing I remember about it is that there was a PlayStation game. Um, that came out around the same time. Um, but that's oh, all I remember, yeah. just because obviously as a as a 12, 13-year-old younger lad, you spend a lot of your time, if you're so way inclined, studying game, looking through yeah. second-hand games, or a girl. It's yeah. just that's what I did with my time when I was a teenager, um, not gender-specific. well um, spent. <laughs> indeed. So, no, I hadn't seen it before, neither had you. So it's not often. This is why listener suggestions are good, because we both watch mm. a film neither of us has seen before. So let's get cracking then. What, what did you think? What did you, what did you like about it? I mean, in general, it was miles better than I thought mm. it was going to be. I must say, my expectations were so low. Like, I thought it was just going to be, like, cringe-inducingly cheesy, mm. just kind of really bad, you know, bad scripts, bad acting. Re- like, just I just thought it was going to be bad. Like, I just mm. thought it was going to be super, super cheesy, daft, just not believable or authentic or anything in any way. But 
I was pleasantly surprised, Josh. And there's actually quite a lot that I liked about oh, wow. it. I'm so pleased to say. Uh, what was your general consensus? Do you yeah, think you're going to give a so, summary? So similar to you, I went in with not not rock bottom expectations or anything like that because I had seen like a bit of a cover art, you know, art and stuff, you know, like mm. stills of it, you know, whilst I was looking to watch it and stuff. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, you hear the plot and you see when it was released and you think, well, this is going to be shit. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. but it's not because actually I did enjoy it overall. Really, really Amazing. enjoyed it overall. So, so similar oh. to you. I think it's interesting because before we get into what we like, they do, they go over the concept and it's like they go to you and they go, this concept, Plague of Dragons, fuck, it's stupid, isn't it? But what if it was executed <laughs> with absolute sincerity uh-huh. and like it, like it was real? And they uh-huh. do do that. And they, and to, to mostly, mostly there are some bits, but mostly I think they pull it off. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, really enjoyed it. So you go first. Then what did you like about it? And then I'll circle back with, with what I liked about it. Well, just to echo what you said right there, I really like the concept here and I love what they've done with it. Because of the dragons, at the start, it feels like it could really go one way or the other. So dragons obviously evoke feelings of magic or fantasy or the supernatural, etc. And the film could have gone down this route, but instead what it delivers is this awful, dry, barren, ash-covered planet that just looks incredibly hostile and horrible. And it reminded me of at times of Terminator Salvation a bit in terms of like the aesthetic and the general vibe of the whole thing Christian you know Bale. fire metal weapons scorch landscape like christian bale obviously <laughs> um, and you come to know the challenges that the survivors who have made it this far have had to face and a lot of this is conveyed with visuals and with small plot points throughout the narrative there is the odd moment where certain bits of information are shoehorned in there with some forced bits of scripts but for the most part I think the film was really successful at getting everything you need to know across to the audience without being too obvious about it and without over-explaining everything. Like I was thinking for ages, so how are all these children here, right? Because there's a lot of children in this base Mm. that like Christian Bale and Gerard Butler have sort of made for themselves. They've made like this bit of civilization. And I was like, how the hell are all these kids here when there's virtually no women? And then a little bit later it comes out. (laughs) Where are all the women? But then it comes out a little bit later that Quinn, who's Christian Bale, he found one of the kids next to his mum's dead body so then you infer from that that okay well probably a lot of these kids were found like when they were traveling because from saved adopted exactly yeah so you you get those blanks filled in for you without it being too over the top i thought and that's kind of believable too performance wise i thought bale and butler together were Mm. wonderful i thought their characters have a really nice relationship and the two of them have some great on-screen chemistry and their relationship felt authentic. There's a funny moment between them where Quinn says something like you'd expect to find in an action film when he tells Jared Butler's character, who's called Creedy, if anything happens to me, you know what to do. And then Creedy responds by saying, no, actually, I have no idea. And this felt quite <laughs> real and is like a nice reminder that these guys aren't heroes, they're just survivors and they're making it up as they go along. And then you've got Matthew McConaughey, who I thought was great. So his character, Van Zan, he's like a cowboy that rides into town mm. On a tank, like his, it, it, when you see him on that tank, his legs are spread and his posture makes it look like he's riding a horse. And then obviously the shot pulls out. It's like, <laughs> oh no, he's just atop his massive tank. And I love that. And I love his whole aesthetic around that. 
he feels like really angry and really determined and is willing to do anything to get rid of the dragons. Whereas Quinn is more determined to keep his people alive and fed mm. and well and is like a bit more emotionally invested in individuals. So they come to blows because of their opposing views. And there's this really great fist fight that occurs between the two of them, which feels really visceral and really desperate. And I thought that was a really great moment too. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll slow down a little bit there. See, there's a lot to like about this film, Eva. I'm so glad you made us pick it. Uh, what about you, Josh? What were some of the things that you liked about it? Yeah, similar things. I think just to pick up on a point you said there, the point about the sort of Christian Bale makes an intense comment and then Creed, he comes back with, I don't know. Do you know what it is? It dawned on me as I was watching it. It's it's a it's a it's a Hollywood post-apocalyptic film with quite a British sentiment to it. Uh-huh. You don't yep. see many post-apocalyptic films set in Britain. They're normally just set in America, New York. Or, you know, a lot of them are set worldwide. But you know what I mean. Like this is a good portion of this film takes place at North in Northumberland. Yeah, is it Northumberland? Yeah. It is Northumberland, it, isn't it? Northumberland, yeah, yeah. Is, so, yeah. So you know, that's not that's not very Hollywood to be sitting there and like, what about um, what about in the in in Northumberland? Like, it's yeah. like you imagine mo- the most American Hollywood people be like, like huh? London and London and nowhere else. <laughs> Like, London. Um, Only London is existing. But yeah, so so it's it's quite. I like that it's post-apocalyptic. I like that by setting it in Britain, it gives you that opportunity for that British sentimentality. It just felt like it's a little different flavor of a post-apocalyptic film. We've seen, mm. you know, we've seen loads of post-apocalyptic films, but I've never really seen one like this before where the concept is so out there, but the rules of the world are so clear. So even in things like Terminator mm-hmm. Salvation, it'll be focused on one mission. And if we do this, it's this, and this is how the world works. Whereas this, it's so daft. They just go, no, Plague of Dragons. Plague mm-hmm. of Dragons, and mm-hmm. we're living day to day with it. So, you know, you don't go out after this time. You can't do this. You can't draw them in with this. This is how this is how these things work. And I, and I really, really enjoyed it. But also by setting it in Britain and having it post-apocalyptic and having it dragon-related, the whole thing had a sort of Arthurian legend feel to it as well. Yeah, which, which, they, they uh, which, sort of bring... They bring that up as well, don't yeah. they? They do mention that about killing the dragons. It's like, oh, what are you, King Arthur? Or yeah, something so, like that. So, and it means we get to hear the word wanker. Yeah, in which an I Hollywood always film. love. I always um, love, I love that, that film. I love that you've got like Matthew Gahane and all his shots, all his soldiers in there who are they say they're from they say from Kentucky? I think, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. He definitely uh, mentions Kentucky. So they a lot. have got across the Atlantic. Yeah. Like somehow, yeah. unless they, they were already it. in Britain. 20 odd years ago when it happened, mm-hmm. which obviously would make them all older than they probably are, then they've got across the, yeah. the sea. Um, I suppose they could have been somewhere else. But yeah, so overall, loved the concept, loved the production design. I thought it looked really great mm-hmm. in the world building. I think first thing, we don't touch on this a lot, real sets. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how many films have you seen recently where you're just looking at it going, well, that's all green screen and that's all it's projection all CGI. and nothing yeah, looks real yeah. and everything looks like a yeah. blob. And in this, there's a, you know, towards the end, there's a bigger pop, big sort of climactic scene in London. There's obviously the bit in Northumberland where they're at the castle. Um, and I thought it was brilliant. Like, all the sets were brilliant, really good care had been taken to show how these people were living and the production design. I just thought that it was it was it was really, really good. Really good effects around the dragons as well. They very much took the Jaws approach, which is less is more. Because there was bits where I yeah. thought, oh, 2002 CGI dragons. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about yeah. this. And there's one or two bits where it's a bit chonky, but mo- for, for most of the time, they obscure them, they show them in shadow, they don't show them mm-hmm. too close up, and they look great for the time. I thought they looked really, really good. Um, yep. So I like that as well. Love some of the set pieces. I thought the highlight for me was there's a there's a whole set piece around how you try and capture and kill the dragon by basically 
chucking some blokes out of a helicopter with parachutes and trying to mm-hmm. tra- trap them in a, in a, in a net. Mm-hmm. And that made for a really good, like, tense set piece. Mm-hmm. So I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, there's some other good set pieces as well, but that was a highlight to me. There's a bit where they're essentially, like, falling before they release their parachute and they're trying to lure a dragon to chase them. So there's a dragon chasing these blokes who are just essentially falling before they can set the trap, their parachute up. And then the whole idea was you tra- trap the dragon in the net. So really enjoyed that. Um, I thought the performance is really, really good. I thought Christian Bale was mm. really good in this. He's really, really intense. It's quite an intense film, which probably will come up a little bit later. But what I liked about his, his character, so his performance was great. What I liked about his character is they, they linked him they linked him to the plot. So it's mm-hmm. him that he is there when the dragons presumably are discovered. Yeah. So by linking the lead character to the whole idea of how the world was created, it just made, gave another layer of emotional depth and another layer of engagement to the film, which I really, really liked. Matthew McConaughey, again, incredibly intense, but really good as the sort of Colonel Kurtz type rogue, rogue soldier trying to get the job done, who's sort of, he's seen some shit and he's lost, he's sort of lost his marvels a little bit, but he's also mm-hmm. incredibly intense and you know, constantly doesn't have a shirt on and, you know, shaved that yeah. big beard and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know what, that, that, that's more, that's more or less a little summary of what I like, but do you know what? I, I really enjoyed it. It felt, there was times when I thought, oh, I've seen this color scheme before. I've seen this before, but then every now and then I'd remind myself that I haven't because this is dragons. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas it's not a Transforms film or it's not a an anonymous CGI blob fest of grey and building, not knowing what a building is and not knowing what a person is. I, I, so I, it was almost weighed down by what came after it. But for me, it was like, you know, it was a, it was a, it was almost like a medieval adventure film mixed with like twenty eight days later. Like I really, yeah. like I, I, uh-huh. I did, I, I, I enjoyed it. I definitely watched it again. But anyway, what, what else from you? So just finally, and you kind of touched on some of this there, but I feel like the film achieves a lot with very little. So we're really limited here in terms of the different locations and the settings. We don't really see that many different places at all. And we don't see a huge amount of the dragons either, which I do think was the right way to go about it, like you said. So there's a moment where they think a dragon is nearby and you just see you see a few rocks fall down like this this sort of small cliff face thing. And it's just, there's just a tiny little moment, but it's the threat of their presence is Mm. quite menacing. And I thought little touches like that really are the way to go. When you understand your limitations with CGI, for the time, I think it's really, really good, but it has dated quite, quite rapidly, I think. So doing the little things like, oh, a dragon was here or, oh, a dragon is nearby, those things were really effective. And I think really were just done really, really well in this. Okay, so we'll move on then to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like about uh, Reign of Fire or that we might change about it. Um, is there much for you, Ellis? So there, there are, there's there like much? a few, there's a couple of little things, but there wasn't any sort of overarching big right. offender okay. really. Like okay. on the whole, I was really pleasantly surprised, but my expectations were low. But so in my opinion, and please do correct me if you hear something different in this, but pretty much every English character in this, including Christian Bale, sounds like they are just doing the worst English accent. Like, I don't know what's yeah. going on. It it just felt like that maybe that, that were they British actors and they, or 
or were they doing a voice or were they not British actors, but they were told that they needed to be English? Like, was it filmed in America? And so you've got a lot of American extras that are having to do English accents. I don't know, but it sounded bad and weird, especially that opening sequence. You know, when we're on the construction site and you see Quinn's mum and all her colleagues and stuff, they and she lets all her sound... tiny, she lets her small son into the London underground that's being dug up without a helmet. Mad that, isn't it? Come on in, it... son. Come and find yeah. some dragons. <laughs> but that's what, that's what they sound like. That's what they sound like. It is. It's probably like, like, oh, why blimey. Do they sound like Crikey. Yeah. Hello, Quinn, mate. I thought yeah. you'd quit smoking. Yeah, oh, I, try, uh, I try to quit smoking. I can't, can I? Because I'm eight and I'm from London. <laughs> No, so it was one of my things, I I was watching it, I was watching it, and I watched it quite late, but even then I made a note to myself, I was like. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why is Christian Bale's accent shit? So like, bad. It's so bad. his accent. Just do accent. your normal voice. Just do your That's normal what voice. he sounds like. How could you be? It's like, you know, when someone goes, do an impression of yourself. And you're like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm me. Woo, do, 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 do. <laughs> an impression of myself that's what it was like it was it was <laughs> i was watching it going how how you know it's like you know in the it crowd is like a fire at the sea parks i was like mm-hmm. how can his accent be bad it's his accent yeah. i'm so thrilled that you picked up on it too because i was like i'm I, it, when i when i repeatedly pick up on certain things. I just start thinking, no, I'm the problem. I've got to stop worrying about this. It's not a big deal. 
So I was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But I was like, good God, his accent's so weird. <laughs> he says like, like bloody hell like, a few times. Oh, bloody, bloody hell, hell. Oh, bloody Van Tans turned up. We're going to go down to London and kill the dragons. Yeah. And it's just like, nah, man, be chill. Just be yourself. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, my next uh, what, point. What else? Well, similar, similar, like really sort of low stakes sort of thing, right? But they're all meant to be starving, okay? So the film establishes that food is scarce. But not mm. only that, but the small amount of food that they did expect to have has been reduced because last year's crop failed or something like that. But Quinn looks fantastic he is in incredible shape and not like someone who is struggling for food at all similar with matthew mcconaughey that man looks like he has no issue accessing protein whatsoever they are too ripped and look too fabulous considering they're what eating like bits of tomato every now and then it's funny actually because when i was reading about it it said something about how classic christian bale can't have a standard weight so it was like Christian Bale considered getting incredibly skinny for this film to show that his okay, character yeah. was starving. Would have worked. And it said something like, then Matthew McConaughey showed up and was ripped <laughs> and buff. And, and so he thought to himself, well, in the scene where they have a fight, it just wouldn't make any sense. That's true. If one that of them was buff and the other one was skinny. I mean, obviously, you know, you know he'd just batter him, wouldn't he? But you are right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, um, you could argue that, that Matthew McConaughey, in terms of the gym, was... Um, all right, all right, all right. We hey. got it in there. Is this our first Matthew, Matthew McConaughey film? That is a terrific question. I think it is. I've got one. There is one on my list that I'm waiting to do. Oh, and God. this came out and I was like, okay, great. I mean, not that it's stopped. Like, how many Christian Bale films have we done now? <laughs> like, we did American Psycho, actually, like, <laughs> like, so recently. But you know what? It's not his fault. He's just one of the best actors in the whole world. So, yeah, you know, he's going to be in a lot of films that I love. Uh, so, yeah. Dial it down they on are the a bit buff. Yeah, a bit yeah. too buff for the world. Bloody hell, and I've f- got to eat all these crops to sustain muscle mass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, a point that I had written down as one of my likes, right, but then had to change it at the very end of the film. We nearly made it, it nearly got there, was that I really liked that there was no forced love story between any of the characters. But at the very end... In that almost epilogue part of the film, one of Van Zandt's buddies, so Alex and Quinn, mm. hold hands. The one female heavily suggest in the film, yeah. that they are, yeah. So it heavily <laughs> suggests that they have embarked on a romantic relationship. But uh, she isn't sexualized in any way. It doesn't no. feel throughout the film, and the men definitely get their kit off a lot more than the women do in this. But we we were so close, Josh, because I I don't need. The, the thing about sort of shoehorning romantic stories in there is that now when there isn't one, I'm always really impressed. I'm like, good for you. You didn't feel like you needed to stoop to that just to kind of force an emotional reaction from the audience. You felt like the film was doing its job. Obviously, one of my favourite films is Terminator 2, or my favourite film is Terminator 2. There is no romantic story in that. Obviously, there isn't Terminator no. 1 because she has to get pregnant to give birth to John. But in Terminator mm. 2, there isn't one. It is about the father figure Terminator and the son and then, you know, Mum character to the side as well. Yeah. Explosions and nuclear blasts and all this yeah. stuff. Great, great, amazing stuff. <laughs> so I was like, it nearly did it. It nearly got there. But at the very end, it was like, nah, we got to, they've got to like hold hands. Because that was one of my notes was it's completely tacked on. It adds nothing yeah. to the story. The, the only thing you could say is it, it's hinting that they're going to repopulate society. Well, we know that there's babies. <laughs> so there must be, unless all the dragons targeted all women... <laughs> so that we couldn't breed and would eventually go extinct. But 
because all it is is them holding hands at the end, right? And it's almost like the director went, mm, yeah, hold hands. What? Yeah. yeah no. We need some like some hint of a future, so hold hands. We didn't need it. No, so close. So close. There's not even any hint that they have a romantic a feeling towards each other because it's all about survival. And then, like you say, at the end, it's just like they're holding hands and you're like, oh, you just let yourself down a little bit. There's what, So there's one moment and I was like, oh, who didn't need to do that? But where she gives him, I think she gives him some iodine or something after he's been in the fight with Van Zandt. Mm. And she, for some reason, with her dirty, dirty hand, mm. decides to touch his face where he's bleeding from an open mm. wound in his mouth and touches the blood <laughs> with her dirty, dirty hand. Yeah. And I was just like, Sexy? you didn't need to do that. Like, he is injured. Please don't put your dirty hands on his face. But it's like, well, I've just given him iodine, so it's all worth it. It's yeah. fine. And that was the only kind of moment of intimacy between them. And then obviously trying to kill the dragon and Van Tan's sacrifice and all that. I get that that would, you know, maybe bring you closer together and like the charge of the danger and the life-threatening situation they found themselves in and all that. But it just didn't need to happen. It didn't add anything. And I just wish more films would have the balls to just be action or just be fantasy or just be sci-fi, whatever you're doing, instead of now. Nah, we need the audience to think about these people having sex or to make, or for her to come across as sexy. You know, we need the audience to think that she is a viable part of it or whatever it mm. is that makes them feel like they have to do it all the time. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too cynical. Maybe it's just to no, bring a touch of optimism. I, 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 I... <laughs> Yeah, but they're already rebuilding the world and then he gives the young lad, like, he tells him to be the boss of the clan of people yeah, or whatever. That's so that's nice. enough. Yeah, it's and just, I like that. It's just not needed. It's completely mm -hmm. tacked on. The one thing you could say is perhaps the hint and towards a sequel, but just have them get together in the sequel then. In Reign yeah. of Fire 2. The heat mm -hmm. is on. Oh um, my God, that's epic. Josh, that's epic. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Is there, what is about there, you? Uh, no, um, so, not really. That was it. A lot of it is what you said there. So the, the one, the first one, two male, all men, all the time, all men, all, all men, intense, all, all intense men, all the time. Mm. The whole plot mm. is around the fact that they've got to kill the male dragon. The men have got to yes. kill the male dragon. Yeah. Um, so I was a bit like, there could have been more female characters in this. There's no reason mm. why there wouldn't be. Um, all those kids. All, all those, those kids. kids. Who's looking after so, him? Who's giving it's birth a bit, to him? It's a, the other thing on top of that is, it is it's a bit dour and a bit intense and a bit moody. So there's a bit where, you know, they, you could have done with it, you know, a little... I'm not saying everything's got to be Marvel quippy all the time, but it is just a bit dour and a bit moody and a bit sort of sulky all the way through it. And I know that, I know why that is. I know what they're going for, but it just, it drained me a little bit in that sense. And that then led to me going, this is a, it's just a bit intense. So there's a bit where they kill, they kill a dragon and then they have a, so they kill a dragon, despite the fact saying that they hunt well in the day and hunt even better at night. Mm -hmm. They kill one dragon, and then what they do is have a big party where they mm. shine lights into the sky, which would mm -hmm. almost certainly attract a dragon, if that's how this mm -hmm. world works. So they might as well have fucking put themselves on a plate with some salad next to them and said, eat up. Um, mm -hmm. But then Matthew McConaughey's character comes, Van Sant comes in and just bollocks them all because, you know, he's lost, he's lost some men up there today. <laughs> and they're having a party. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it went. It's like that scene. They went. We need to show he's really intense and doesn't give a shit about yeah. every anything until the job's done. But it just yeah. wasn't needed. It was just so intense. Um, so a bit, a bit overly, a bit overly dour, a bit overly intense, and a bit all men being intense, all men all the time. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than tanks that, tanks and fire and tanks dirt and fire and, and, and men and muscles, and, even though there's no protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, 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 Alice. Maybe what they do is they eat the women. That must be what it is. I love that though. Is like a dark subplot. Like if there's a reason, where are the women? We we ate them. That's fine. If they listen, if you can give me a reason, there's no women. I'm here for it. Yeah, we ate them all. Like great. That I love that. That's so dark and sinister. Give me that. But it wasn't that. It was just oh, there's no women because this is a male-dominated action film. Cool. Whatever. Whatever. I get over it. Okay, so we'll move on then to talking about the critical reception then. So I suppose actually one thing Eva didn't say is if she thinks it's underseen or underrated. I think based on what she said, yeah. she thinks it's under, maybe let's say it's maybe both. Let's look at both and then we'll decide yeah. is it either of those things or is it neither? Um, yeah. I haven't seen the critical reception. But do you know what? I, I have a sneaking suspicion that this did okay critically. Okay. I can sort of imagine it going down you know because it's quite sort of grim and it's not like a big hollywood action it's not like a it's not like an armageddon or a day after tomorrow Uh it's got a strong concept and whilst there are special effects it's not like all-star cast all cgi you know Mm. landmarks blowing up and stuff like that so i i reckon the, the critics and the audience are both quite kind to it and maybe give it a six out of ten. Okay. Average. I would say this is a solid seven. Maybe maybe a bit wow, over. Wow. Yeah. We'll yeah. It's seven. good. Yeah. yeah I'd nice. watch it again. You know, if they turn around now and went right, we're making a sequel. I'd watch it. I'd watch that. I, you know what? I would. Yeah. Now that you said that, I would watch the heck out of that. I absolutely would. Yeah. 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 All right, you're Christian listening. Bale, you're listening, who's, Bale. Still, who's still buff or skinny or fat, whatever the one yeah, he wants to be. He can do it all. He can do it all. But he's still active. McConaughey, still active. Butler, still doing it. We can do this. Yeah. Let's see it happen. What did you say? Turn up the heat. Rain of fire two, turn up the heat. <laughs> right, rain of fire two, the heat is on. The heat is on. Excellent. <laughs> Brilliant. See, you could, you could keep going. There could be endless sequels of this with heat puns. Yeah. So, so at the time of recording, so for me... I wasn't surprised by any of these scores. Oh, right. And I'm okay. not really too sure why. But anyway, at the time of recording over on IMDb, the film gets a 6.2 out of 10. And then okay. over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 49%, and then the critics give it 42%. Gee, so that's an average of 5 out of 10 or 51%-ish. Yeah. That's harsh. For that some critic reason, score's harsh. For some reason, I, I thought, it was, I almost thought it was going to be like, it could be lower. Like I was surprised really? to see the, the feeling I get. And I don't know where I've got this from. The feeling I get is that people think this film is lame. And I don't know where I've got yeah, that from because I've never seen it it's before. Like, I don't I, know why um, I thought that. I think, you know what? If you wrote that down on a piece of paper, a lot of people would go, oh, like, I think they would just turn their nose up at it completely, especially at a time when things like robots and aliens and that kind of dystopic things Mm. going on. People hear dragons and like they think, oh, fantasy. So they immediately think a certain thing. And some people are like really um, snobby about fantasy. Like they're just, they're they're not interested, whatever. It's like, oh, is that hobbits and goblins and all that nonsense. So I think that's kind of to its debt, that would be to its detriment that people would hear, oh, dragons in it, how lame. The critics consensus... Was, this, was, this, was it 2002, this? 
It was, 2001, yeah. 2002. Uh, 2002, right? you said at the beginning, I'm trusting you. I trust you with my life. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is Just. 2002. So the critics' uh, sorry, the consensus, consensus was... It uh, was that Rain of Fire gains. Su- listen to this. Rain of Fire gains some altitude with its pyrotechnic action and a smoldering,ly <laughs> campy Matthew McConaughey, but the feature's wings are clipped by a derivative script and visual effects that fizzle out. I do think it's a bit harsh on the script there. There are definitely moments in the script that are like overly cheesy and a bit shoehorned in there, but I don't think that's a fair assessment of the entire script at all. It's quite intense, but I think it's quite indicative of this sort of film at the time. I just wonder, it came out in 2002, so I'm thinking, well, that's like right in the middle of the Lord of Rings trilogy. And it's just after 28 Days Later has come out as well. So you're like, 28 Days Later, but it's dragons. And you're like, this should have been a surefire eh, uh, hit. And it seems to not be. I just want to, I don't think that critical, that those lower scores are really harsh. The six, the six points, the IMDb, I can get on board with that, you know, that's fine. That's not a massive, that's not a massive miss. But the fours, that's harsh. And this is a perfectly decent concept. It's flawed. There are issues with it, but it's, it was, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, an apocalyptic film, decent concept, post-apocalyptic film with a bit of a twist, well well enough executed with decent period, sort of appropriate, not appropriate, good good effects for the time, if yet yeah, a little bit cheesy and a little bit intense and overly macho in places. But that's that's harsh. So my, my verdict, underrated and probably underseen as well because I don't think it did that well at the box office. I reckon underrated as well. That was great shout, Eva. Loved it. Thanks, Eva. So there we go. Reign of Fire is underrated. Didn't see that coming. Had low expectations going in, but was very pleasantly surprised. And thank you so much, Eva, for getting in touch with that suggestion. Yeah, thanks, that was an Eva. Excellent thank suggestion. You. And I'm so pleased I watched it. So on to next week then, Josh. So it's your turn to pick. What it are we indeed. going to be watching? Next week, we're going to be watching and talking about Confidence, which is from 2003. Oh. Okie dokie, confidence, confidence. Mm. Feeling yeah. confident? Feeling confident, feeling yeah. cool, feeling mm. nice. Um, okay. Yes, join us next okay. week. <laughs> join us next week when we'll find out whether Alice has seen it before or whether she was just bluffing her reaction then. And Always, always. <laughs> Mate, I've not seen any films. I'm telling you, I've not seen any films. <laughs> um, yes, join us next week. We're going to be talking about confidence from 2003. And we'll see what we reckon to that one, whether it's underrated or underseen. Uh, in in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's films in that pod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you search for just films and that uh, on all the big social media sites and you'll find us. Uh, we're on Patreon as well. So if you fancy a little bit of bonus content, episodes a day early, extended bonus content episodes and things like that, head over to patreon.com forward slash just films and that. Tiers start at a pound a month. And for that, you do get um, episodes a day early and extended episodes. So any support you can give us is massively appreciated. We're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm, you can catch me and Josh on the local TV network talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. And I've also been uploading all the episodes to Daily Motion. So if you head on over there and type in Just Films and that, you'll be able to see exactly what it is that we're up to. Yes, there you go. Lots of ways to uh, see us, hear us, and get in touch with us. So all that remains to be said is thank you very much for listening. We'll see you see you next week. Uh, goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.